You're listening to media from University Lutheran Church and Student Center. We are a multi-generational, Jesus-centered community of Scripture, faith, and grace located in Tallahassee, Florida, on the campus of Florida State University. To learn more and to get connected to other resources, please visit universitylutheranchurch.org. We hope that the next few moments are a time when God speaks into your life by the power of His Holy Spirit about His Son, Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who gives us salt for ourselves that we may have peace with one another. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I'm a little bit of a music fan. I'm I'm kind of a music nerd. I remember the first time that somebody called me that, and and I I took it as a compliment. They they were like, you listen to some really weird stuff, Pastor Jay, um, and and you know all about it and and all of that stuff. So so I'm a bit of of a music fan. Anybody else a a music fan? A a few of you. Good, good. Um, And how many of you who are music fans are also musicians? Are are you also musicians? A few of you. And those of you that are, are simultaneously not music people and yet still music fans, you know, we're compadres. We're the same in that. Uh, and I actually think that it makes it easier for me to be a music fan in, in that I, I don't know the magic that happens when you're making music. That's not something that's native to my experience. It's not something that, that I, I normally do. And so when I listen to Adam play the piano over there and then play the organ over there, it's mystifying to me. It's like magic is happening that I could never do. And so I enjoy it. I enjoy it on a level that I can't enjoy some other things that I can do. Because the things that I can do, well, normally speaking, well, those are the things that, well, I, I kind of I go into those with a, kind of a, a little bit more understanding and even sometimes a little bit more uh, sort of judgmentalism. You know, if somebody is doing something that I know how to do, well, I can listen to what they're doing or see what they're doing or, or observe what they're doing, and I can get just the tiniest bit little judgy about that. I, I don't know if that's the case for you. It's probably the case for Blake over here who can draw really well. Uh, and and he, he sees other people's drawings and he goes, Ick. <laughs> or, or maybe it's you and, and you, you can do something else. May, maybe you uh, know how that, that math equation gets put together and, and you look at somebody else like me try to do yeah, simple multiplication and you go, why can't you do that? Well, that kind of gets us ready, that thought of, of kind of being judgy about the stuff that we know, that gets us ready for what is happening here in this gospel reading. Uh, this gospel reading opens up with this interesting moment between Jesus and John, uh, one of his disciples who he usually has very close to him. Uh, John is uh, this, uh, also the, this interesting guy. So uh, John comes up to Jesus, and uh, John is sort of tattling on this person that uh, has been casting out demons. And he's like, "Uh, Jesus, just so you know, um, this guy over here, that guy right there, uh, he was was casting out demons, uh, but he did not have permission. And so we told him to stop. 
and not cast out any more demons. Leave the demons in, um, is, is what we told him. And, uh, and so just wanted you to know, Jesus, and uh, should, should, we, should we do anything else? Because we also know uh, that James and John, those two disciples, in another gospel, in the gospel of, of Luke, uh, they are the disciples that go up to Jesus, and there's a Samaritan village that is not listening to Jesus. And they go to Jesus, and they say, Jesus, that Samaritan village isn't listening to you. Would you like us to call down fire from heaven and destroy them? That gives you a little bit of a, you know, snapshot of John's personality here. John is like, hey, we told this guy to stop casting out demons. Can we also kill him? And Jesus goes, what are you doing, John? No, don't do that. And then he kind of goes into this weird place, right? There's kind of this disjointed thing that Jesus goes off into. So Jesus tells him, like, don't stop that guy from casting out demons. Demons are bad. The more we can cast out, probably the better. And by the way, if he's casting out demons in my name, he won't be my enemy. So let him be our friend. But then he goes into kind of some people that he sees kind of as enemies. And so he starts it off with this, uh, this kind of uh, violent picture that he gives us uh, about what happens to somebody who causes a little one to sin. And so we know that Jesus has just had a little kid on his lap from uh, last Sunday's reading. And so it's possible that that's who he's talking about here, that, that Jesus is saying, whoever causes one of these little ones to sin, it would be better for him. And then Jesus gets oddly specific. He gets really specific about what it would be better for him. And he says it would be better for him to have a millstone tied around his neck and thrown into the sea. Well, that's not something that people just kind of come up with. Yeah, like Jesus had been thinking about this. He was like, well, what would it be better for him to have? Hmm. And so he comes up with this very specific, violent way of dying. And he says it would be better for them to have this specific violent thing happen to them. And then he goes on and he talks about violence to ourselves. And he says, hey, you know, if something on your body causes you to sin, cut it off, tear it out. It's better to be a pirate going into heaven than to have two eyes and go into hell. And we, we start going, oh, wow, okay, Jesus, the, like, that's graphic and violent, and now I'm considering what it looks like for me to have my hand chopped off, my foot chopped off, my eye out of my face. Uh, why? And then, to top it all off, he starts talking about salt. Yeah, like, ah, Jesus, you're, you're just doing the stream of consciousness thing. Like, what, what is going on? How do we pull this all together? And so he says, you know, everybody will, will be salted with fire. Well, that's an interesting thing to say. For Christmas, Adam gave me some uh, habanero salt. Um, and, and I don't think that that's what uh, he's talking about. <laughs> so, so what does Jesus mean when, when he says that 
You'll be salted with fire. Well, salt, in in this case, is is a a sense of, of judgment because Jesus is tying together the fire that he's been talking about with hell. So it's better for you to go into heaven with, you know, one hand or one foot or one eye than it is to go into the fires of hell with both of those things. So salt and fire, they're together. So salt is judgment. And he says, everyone will be salted with fire. Everyone is going to be sort of seasoned with this. Everybody is going to have some salt put on them. And then he says this kind of odd thing. He says, therefore... Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. Yeah, huh? And that's always been, you know, it's one of those things that I think we're just sort of mystified by when we read, read the Gospels. We just go, oh, that's weird, uh, you know. But I don't want to know any more about that because it's so weird. It probably means that I'll have to do some thinking, so it's better for me to just flip and find a parable someplace. But what Jesus is talking about here is, is actually very interesting because it connects directly back up to what is happening with John. Because what's going on with John here is that John is, uh, he's concerned about other people. He's concerned about uh, what other people are doing. He's concerned about the sins or the righteousness of other people. So he's saying, Jesus, this guy, he's casting out demons and he's not supposed to because he's not with us. And so he's concerned about that guy. But you know who John is not concerned about? John. And isn't that the way that we like it to be? We like when we get to be the person who says, they're doing something wrong, but I'm not. The only problem with that is that if you feel that way, well, you're just deluding yourself. That all of us have sins deep down in our core. None of us can get through the Ten Commandments and be like, yep, got all of those. Check, 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 check. All of us, when we had that moment of confession and absolution earlier today, when we had that moment of considering our lives before God, all of us were likely able to find something that we went, I'm not doing so well there. I'm not doing so well with that sin. I, I have sinned in thought, word, and deed. I, I have sinned in what I have done and what I have left undone. I've even sinned without knowing it. Sometimes that's the case for us too. That seems to be the case with John here. John is sinning without knowing it, recognizing that this guy over here is maybe doing something that he shouldn't be doing, but without turning that on himself. And the problem so often is that we expect righteousness out of other people, but we don't expect the same level of righteousness out of ourselves. And Jesus has come in order to bring us some reality 
on that. He said, listen, there's something wrong. There's something that is going on in your life right now. Whatever is going on in your life right now, I can say this confidently because I, I know human beings. There's something going on in your life right now that is wrong. Something that's going on in your life that is sin. Something that is going on in your life that you're probably getting kind of aware of right now as I'm talking about it. You're starting to go, oh, yeah. And you can maybe even point to something in your life where you've pointed the finger at somebody else just to stay away from the pain of that judgment of yourself. It's natural. It's human nature. It's what we've been doing ever since Adam and Eve. Remember that story of Adam and Eve? The first sin ever? What happens? Well, she told me to eat it. She's the one really at fault. Not me. And we just rehearse that story over and over and over again in our lives. And that's where Jesus comes and he says, have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. Having salt in yourself is simply saying, yeah, I do stuff wrong. Yeah, I can judge those things that are wrong in my life. If you put up my life in Jesus' life, if you put up my life in God's word, there's going to be a deviation between the two of those. That's having salt in yourself. And... The strange thing is, the more salt that you have in yourself, the much easier it is for you to be at peace with one another. If you start looking at yourself and you start having salt in yourself and you start going, oh, I am kind of a dirty, horrible, despicable human being. Well, it's easier for you to embrace and love that dirty and horrible and despicable human being that's next to you. Because we're all in that same predicament. And the more that we have that salt in ourselves, the clearer we understand the thing that needs to happen. And that thing that needs to happen, Jesus talks about too. He talks about this impossible thing, which usually tells you that this is only a Jesus thing. He, he brings up something that's, you know, bananas. Uh, he does this a lot with uh, monetary numbers. He, you know, he, he's like, this person had 10,000 talents. Well, that's impossible. It's like the entire GDP of Israel. <laughs> but here he's saying something impossible as well. He's saying, if salt loses its saltiness, then what is it good for? Well, nobody knows what it's good for because salt can't lose its saltiness. 
If we have a chemist in the house, you can tell us if salt loses its saltiness, it ain't salt anymore. So what Jesus is talking about is something impossible with salt losing its saltiness. Well, how does salt lose its saltiness? Well, salt is judgment. How does judgment lose its judginess? Judgment loses its judginess in Jesus. Judgment loses its effect of sending us to hell in Jesus. So if salt loses its saltiness, it's because of Jesus. If judgment loses its judginess, its ability to send you to hell, it's because of Jesus. And so in that, you can have salt in yourself because having salt, understanding that you sin, you can be clearer about your own sins because you're not afraid that they're going to send you to hell. Because somebody has paid the price for that saltiness. Somebody has paid the price of the law. Somebody has made that salt not salty anymore. Somebody has made that judgment not judgy anymore. And so what you can do with your salt is that you can use it to have peace with one another. You can judge yourself. And in that judgment, when you do judge yourself, you're going to go, I'm bad at these things. I do these bad things. I should not do those bad things anymore. And when you stop doing those bad things as often, you will be more likely to live at peace with one another because instead of bad things, you'll be doing good things. But it's still not about the judgment. It's not that you're doing good things because you're going to be judged, but rather you're doing good things because salt has lost its saltiness. And you're able to say, I just want to do something good for a change. I just want to live at peace with my neighbor. I want to stop hurting people. I want to stop hurting myself. I want to stop destroying this relationship that I have between myself and God. And so, brothers and sisters in Christ, all of that said, this week, may you have salt in yourselves. And may you live at peace with one another. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this media from University Lutheran Church and Student Center. To learn more and to get connected to other resources, please visit universitylutheranchurch.org. If you would like to financially support more media from University Lutheran, please visit our website and click the Give Now button, which will enable you to engage in the Christian discipline of giving tithes and offerings to God through His church. May the Lord bless you and keep you, May the Lord lift up his face upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Oh,